I love you too. You want to know what I really want to do right now? No. You know what I really, really want to do right now? I want to introduce the coolest, coolest guy that ever walked the face of the wrestling earth. Give it up for John Cena. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. to the stars the twitterless heroine herself miss fancy pants and of course the queen of soft style miranda morales and welcome to the firefly funhouse uh version of podcasting the hashtag miranda show where after you listen to this podcast you wonder what the hell did i just listen to uh i'm so glad that you are listening this week uh and of course we're going to be talking about the events uh of wrestlemania 36 specifically the two more non-traditional wrestling matches if you can call them that uh on the card but before we get into all of that i want to let you know that uh if you haven't uh, been to thechairshot.com yet uh do yourself a favor and go and visit thechairshot.com for all your latest wrestling news analysis and opinions thechairshot.com always use your head thechairshot.com always use your head and of course, the hashtag Miranda Show is a proud member of the Chairshot Radio Network. So if you're looking uh, to get into some other wrestling podcasts, you can go to thechairshot.com and there you'll be able to find Chairshot Radio, which is uh, the other weekly show that I'm on. Uh, but also, you can find some other great podcasts. Um, you have Pod is War, uh, Bandwagon Nerds, which is not wrestling related but uh if you are a fan of anything related to pop culture that's a great podcast um and so if anything uh 
take some time. Go to thechairshot.com and get uh, some some new podcasts under your belt. Um, also, our podcasts are distributed um, through eWrestlingNews.com and one of our newest partners, Raja.com. So. If you are interested in also viewing any wrestling news through there, but um, interested in finding any other wrestling podcasts um, from thechairshot.com, you can go to those two websites. Now, I do not do this show alone because there's a person uh, behind the screen, you know, pressing some buttons, as you may have heard earlier. Uh, but he's also one of my very dear friends and this person I literally could not do the show without because I don't know how to do any of this audio stuff. Uh, the one, the only, Greg DeMarco. This is such good shit. I love that soundbite. Oh, my I gosh. Do. That made my whole weekend. As soon yeah. as I, I saw it and I heard it, I was like, freaking Greg. Like, this 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 is it. This is, you yep. know, the soundbite we've been waiting for our whole lives. And we got it. And we got shit. it. We got it. For those of you who don't know, we, Greg and I will actually uh, say that to each other quite frequently. Almost on a weekly basis. Someone Probably more will than say, that. <laughs> Probably every other day. Every other day. I know it's not every day, but almost every other day, several times a week, uh, we will text that that phrase or say that phrase to each other. Um, So now that we have that immortalized in audio recording with a Vince McMahon puppet, I mean, life life can be rough sometimes, but life is good right now. This is such good shit. Yep. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Such good shit, man. Such good shit. Shit. There may be a lot of clapping during tonight's episode of Seems the Random Show. Lots of clapping because I'm really excited to talk about uh, the the two matches that aired uh, during WrestleMania 36. These are matches that I've been talking about for, for weeks, actually. As soon as we uh, started to hear some rumblings about uh a few matches being filmed off-site. Um, and once they were kind of confirmed last week with the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match, um, I was so excited for them, and I was not disappointed in the least bit with uh, what the, what was what was presented to the audience. Um, so I really want to talk more about it. Um, but specifically, I do want to talk about some of the social media response. Now, I'm not super active uh, on social media. I am the Twitterless heroine, and I so I don't have Twitter, uh, which is one of the main forms that people get a lot of their wrestling news and, and uh, opinions kind of, you know, you can get a sense of what if something is popular or good or not um, by the responses you get on, on Twitter. But I did get a lot of good feedback and responses from Facebook, actually. So I do want to go a little bit into depth into that because I feel like that's a little bit of a microchasm, a little bit of a, you know, sample size of a population as I show a little, you know, circles with my hands uh, that you, nobody can see. see nobody I can't even can see, see it. Also, yes, because uh, a fun aspect of tonight's recording is that uh, – Greg and I use, uh, we can video, we can see each other usually, but we only record the audio portion. However, uh, on Greg's side, my face is frozen. So the, the video on his side, my face is frozen. So he cannot see any of the hand gestures that I'm doing right now at all, um, which is great. Yeah, uh, I can't I can, see the middle finger that you're probably giving me. Yeah, I did. And <laughs> I just did. It. That's how. But that's just, that's, that's what, just. My common knowledge of you as a person, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
so yeah, I mean this this is really uh, uh we're we're gonna have fun tonight, ladies and gentlemen. This is such and you, good shit. you never know, we may uh, implement some hashtag Miranda rights because uh, this this is my show. It's the hashtag Miranda show. A- any anything can happen, and and uh, when that happens, Greg has to do what I tell him to do. So uh, I can. And I can never pass an opportunity to to make Greg do something I want him to to do, especially if it makes him cringe uh, just just a bit. And I'm okay, you know. I'll, 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 He's okay. I roll with it. That's what I do. I'm yes. fantastic. So we did a full. If you're looking for a more of an in-depth analysis of WrestleMania 36, you should listen to this week's edition of Cheershot Radio. There, myself. Uh, Patrick O'Dowd, Greg DeMarco, we go into a bit more in depth about some of our favorite matches, some of the big banger matches, the headline matches of WrestleMania 36. And probably every podcast in the existence of mankind is going over uh, WrestleMania 36. But like I said, I really wanted to touch on the Firefly Funhouse and the Boneyard match because this is one I've been anticipating. Um, it actually started a few weeks ago. Uh, in another edition of the hashtag Miranda show um, where I pulled up a few articles from Vox um, that talked about the empty arena aesthetic that WWE was doing. It's not even aesthetic. It was an aesthetic aesthetic that kind of came about due to the empty arenas um, that they, they had to film in. Um, and some of the interesting thoughts regarding um because of, of no audience there, it almost felt like performance art. It almost felt like theater, like you were watching an off-Broadway show um, because there was really nobody around. You didn't have the crowd noise uh, drowning out what was happening in the ring or even almost dictating you know, how things were being perceived. All you could do was watch what was in the ring, what was happening. Um, and in the article, they did reference uh, a promo with John Cena and Bray Wyatt. And that I think that they've actually excelled that whole program between the two excelled because of this whole situation where there's been, you know, empty arenas and ultimately turning their match into a Firefly Funhouse match. Um, But also, I think it played well for Undertaker and AJ Styles in the Boneyard match. Um, And then also going into the evolution um, of just WWE having to do some things different. Uh, last week we talked about some things that, uh, you know, about WrestleMania, wondering what was going to stay and what was going to go. And Greg and I discussed the possibility of these types of matches that were being filmed off site, you know, the possibility of them staying in the future that we could see more of them, um, in, uh, on TV or on pay-per-view events and considering, you know, a lot of the feedback that I'm sure they've gotten or just the reception of these two matches it may be safe to say that this could be the beginning um, or expansion of WWE going into more cinematic matches. Um, before we get in depth into some of the social media responses um, uh, regarding these two matches, Greg, I want to get your input. What did you think? And you can start off with either one, the Boneyard match and the Firefly Funhouse match. 
I thoroughly enjoyed both these matches. I looked forward to them. Okay, first of all, the Firefly Firefly Funhouse match for me was, you know, one of those vindicating things because that's exactly the match I said they needed to have. Now, I didn't say they needed to do all these things, but the name of the match, the Firefly Funhouse, I said they needed to have. So, of course, I'm going to go in. Yeah, he's reminding everyone day in and day out that, you know, WWE was going to do this. So, bear with us, everyone. Yes, but I did not say to do what they did. That's for sure. I cannot take credit for that. But what they did was nothing short of amazing. It was so good. It, it lived up to the such good shit soundbite, and it, it's just the entertainment factor was there. Like, like it was. That's what it was. It was pure, unadulterated entertainment from beginning to end, and I loved every second of it. Um, Actually, what surprised me the most about that ma- this match, and I wrote it in my knee-jerk reactions, I was shocked when John Cena made an entrance in the empty arena. Like, I didn't think any of this match was going to take place in the empty arena. I thought it was all going to take place inside of whatever they decided the fun house was. But no, it, it definitely did take place inside of the arena as well. Actually, multiple entrances for John Cena in this match. Three of them, actually. And... I loved all of them. I loved the SmackDown Fist entrance. I loved the, the Nitro entrance. It was all just so so perfect and so good. Um, and and with Bray Wyatt and, and his character and the role that he played in the match as Bray Wyatt, because most of this match he was Bray Wyatt, and mm-hmm. that might be key in one of the things that we talk about later, at least for me. Uh, I, I just thoroughly loved the, the Firefly Funhouse match. I don't even have time for people who didn't love it because, as I talked about on Chair Shot Radio, if you didn't people who don't like this match just basically didn't don't know what they're watching and I, I got nothing for you at that point it's, WWE's been doing what they've been doing long enough to where you either know and you like it or you don't and you watch something else but if you don't like it and you continue to watch it that's on you the bone mark yard match I, I actually have put you know officially I guess slightly above the the Firefly Funhouse match only because of the structure because it did have a that that, that set ending point like it needed to and just really, just the cinematic, the way it was done, all of the elements, you know, the, the biker taker, but he was really more of a hybrid between biker and, and dead man. Um, Very true. Controlling the like fire, a, teleporting. Almost like a newer, not even newer, just a, a, a version of taker we hadn't quite seen before. Yeah, and we might get into it because I kind of would like to continue to see this version of Taker, but it was definitely, uh, it was just a lot of fun. AJ Styles absolutely killed it delivered the kind of a performance that we don't see out of aj styles and and like i said on chair shot radio if he wasn't already in my top 10 of performers all time he is now and and just did something that i don't even think a younger aj styles would have been willing to do i know a big concern that eric bischoff had when he was in tna was that aj didn't want to listen to any ideas and feedback just wanted to go out there and wrestle now obviously 10 years later aj styles is willing to do a lot of different things and is better because of it he he was the star of that match you know the undertaker delivered an amazing performance uh gallows and anderson were, were great in what they did you know even props to the druids but aj was the star of the match and it was so good and i loved every second of everything that they did and, and just you know thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed both of these matches but that boneyard match was it was it's interesting because it was what i thought it was going to be in terms of the type of presentation what we saw and despite that despite kind of meeting that element of my playlist 
still a lot of surprises and still really, really just enjoyed the heck out of it. I was surprised when it went on last because I thought it could be used to break up not really the monotony, but just the environment of all the empty arena matches. But I thought it was best the, the way they did it and, and just really just loved the heck out of it. Loved the heck out of both these matches. I have nothing bad to say about either of them. Yeah. I, n- for me, neither neither do I. And and I know that I mentioned talking about the, the bone yard match kind of first. Um, but you'll see in your, you won't even see because this is all recorded. Uh, but envision in your minds how intense my conversation about the Firefly Fun House will be because that is my aesthetic. That is now my wrestling aesthetic. That is now when people talk about wrestling, what is your favorite type of wrestling? The Firefly Fun House. Like that, that's not even a style of wrestling. Uh, but that is my aesthetic. It, it, told the story both matches actually told a, a story um and we talked about this on chair shot radio um earlier about um to me when i was watching the boneyard match it kind of felt like a b-level horror movie um which was okay because it was fun um it was a bit of a you know not a bit it was a suspension of disbelief i mean you I, I had never seen a match like this really um i think companies had had tried before and of course we always can talk about you know uh, final deletion as kind of uh, the the foundation of a lot of this, but this particular match, you know, the way that it was just even set up and uh, what happened throughout the match was was so unique, and I liked the fact that it reminded me of a horror movie because in wrestling sometimes you need those parallels to help you understand you know, what is this match trying to tell me? What are the performers trying to tell me? And when you can relate it to something that you know, it gets you, it just gives you a better sense of, of the story that, that is being portrayed. And uh, I just really, I enjoyed it. And I've also been a pretty big advocate about this. The Undertaker needed this match. He did not need to have another actual in-ring match um, because the ones that he's had over really the past, few years have fell flat um and that's just you know i think with with age and time um and it's no fault of his own i mean i think it's just it happens when you get to a point in your career where physically being able to perform in the ring is is really really challenging and with the undertaker especially i mean a a lot of us grew up watching him he's been wrestling for as long as many people have been alive on this planet so we only know the undertaker in in certain contexts whether he is you know the dead man you know slowly walking down the aisle or you know the the american badass with a motorcycle um and just the undertaker we've gotten over the past few years is you can just tell he's a little worse for wear um but also it's, he's been, you know, in a physically demanding career, again, for 30 years, for as long as, as many people have been on this earth, which is not easy in any sense of the word. So no absolute disrespect or discredit. But I do think that the past few WrestleManias, even with, um, you know, him beating Bray Wyatt back in uh, 31, um you know, that that uh, after he lost to Brock Lesnar, um, the the loss against uh, Roman Reigns, um, I mean, those weren't huge detriments to his career, but you definitely didn't look at him the same. And, and even the matches he's had in Saudi Arabia just were were very tough to watch. So I think also just as a fan, I was kind of just concerned about his ability to have a, a lengthy match in the ring. 
when it was announced that he was going to have this program with AJ Styles, I think a lot of fans felt uh, a, a bit more at ease because AJ Styles is truly one of the best in the world. Um, and if anyone can go and anyone can make anyone look uh, great in the ring, it's AJ Styles. But you have a good point about, uh, you know, almost a little concern for AJ Styles. I mean, he is a wrestler. He is known as being the best wrestler in the world. And even though in his time in WWE, he's been entertaining, what would that look like? So uh, at the end of WrestleMania, the night one of WrestleMania 36, I posted on Facebook, kind of just a quick question um, slash, you know, meme, not really a full meme, but just a fun picture of uh, the ending of the match, which was the incredibly fake but hilarious uh, hand of AJ Styles that was peeking up through the grave um, and asked, uh, uh, you know, on social media, not really knowing that I'd actually get responses back, but just, uh, you know, with the statement of raise your hand if you enjoyed uh, night one of WrestleMania. And the feedback that I got from people was really automatic. It was quick. I was I was shocked because I usually don't um, get that big of a, a response right away. But I think it was just because, one, it was fresh off of people's minds. And two, it was somewhat decisive, which kind of surprised me. I thought that for the most part, it was going to be hard to find fans that didn't like the Boneyard match. But sure enough, even in my own feed, there there were people who responded that they did not like the match at all. And I was really curious uh, about, you know, what about it people didn't like? Um, And I asked a few people, they were able to explain like, okay, so what didn't you like about it? Um, But I didn't really get a lot of of feedback uh, about, you know, why people didn't like it. But you brought up an interesting theory um, on ShareShot Radio earlier about people not knowing what they were watching. Yeah, that's it, it. And that's a struggle that I've had for a few years now. It's, you know, and I, I talk about it all the time, like, you know, people, I, I always use the phrase people watching football expecting to see baseball or vice versa. And some people watch WWE expecting to see New Japan or AEW or, you know, Ring of Honor or whatever. But watch those things. That's fine. They, they exist for that reason. But wrestling fans just want to turn WWE into what they want it to be instead of realizing what they want it to be is already out there and they can go watch it. And I think people just wanted to sit down and watch a bunch of wrestling matches and, and they wanted to see the undertaker make his entrance even in the empty performance center and, and do his thing. And that's not what you got to me. What you got instead was one of the two biggest masterpieces of this whole show, but it just struck me that people, they're just kind of inflexible with, with their fandom and, uh, and, and there's also that contingency of people that go into a WWE show already deciding whether or not they like it. And usually they already decided that they didn't like it. And I watch a WWE show and any wrestling show looking for reasons to enjoy it because it's wrestling and I want to enjoy it. That's why I watch it. Do I enjoy everything? No. There's a, I'm probably more critical of this WrestleMania than some people are. And and But, but the things that I re- liked, I really, really, really liked. And there's very commonalities they, they, they kept me engaged with no crowd and the matches had a better build like that's really the commonalities among the things that I really really enjoyed outside of the two matches we're talking about but I just think you know the negativity I was surprised by the negativity because I liked it so much and, and it goes into that playlist mentality except this time it was that uh, my playlist of the reactions I expected to see I didn't expect to see negativity but yet it was there and I should have known better um 
but I just, yeah, I, I don't even want to entertain the negativity all that much because this is, you know, we live in a world of negativity right now, and WrestleMania was like a gift to us. And so, to me, these two matches, especially the Firefly Funhouse match, were, were a gift as well. And I just loved loved it so much. And, and the negativity that's out there, I, I probably shouldn't have been surprised, but I was. And it's just sad because I think people shortchange themselves of an opportunity to, for an escape from everything that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. And you talk a lot about your analysis and kind of uh, uh, knee-jerk reactions about night one and night two on WrestleMania at thechairshot.com forward slash Greg DeMarco, um, where people can sign up for your newsletter, um, and which is what I'm subscribed to. It's absolutely free. Um, and there you get a lot of these little good nuggets of information and analysis from you directly. Uh, about your uh, opinions on what's happening in the world of wrestling. Um, so if you're interested in that, uh, go to thechairshot.com forward slash Greg DeMarco to sign up for Greg's newsletter. Um, also, they, Greg, can get, they can also get this show. I actually put this show out in the newsletter. I put Chairshot Radio out in the newsletter. So, yeah, you, you, it, it's one-stop shopping. One-stop shopping. Yeah. I mean, your newsletter has some of, you know, just some really great, thorough, thought-out opinions um, regarding what's happening in, in pro wrestling. But because I know you have an opinion about something, I can't just I can't just let it go. So I'm, I'm going to enact the hashtag Miranda writes. Okay. Yeah. So for anyone who's new uh, to this show, welcome. But also every so often I like to enact the hashtag Miranda writes, you know, so fun play, a fun play on the Miranda rights. Um, and, you know, everyone knows the Miranda rights, you know, uh, you have the right to mar- remain silent. Anything you say or do can be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to attorney. If you cannot afford one, one would be one will be uh, uh, oh designated designated appointed one would be huh appointed I believe or provided. one will be appointed to you. You know, I'm a huge Law and Order fan, so you know, of course, basically all those aspects like, of the Miranda rights that I don't get on this show, like yes. oh yeah, no, I mean he doesn't get that, but just no. tell him the basis of the hashtag Miranda rights. So I will tell Greg that, Greg, you have the right to remain silent. Not really, uh, but anything you say and do will be used against you in this podcast. So because both on your newsletter and and now you talked about what made uh, the Boneyard match so great and why you liked it, uh, I'm going to make you do a 180 in reverse. So, uh, Greg, I think you really should tell the fans why – the Boneyard match was terrible and why you didn't like it and why you think everyone who liked it um, doesn't know what they're talking about. Okay, so I am going, I'm actually pulling up my my newsletter and I am looking at my bullet points that I wrote for the Boneyard match. And so I'm going to reverse every single one of them. Gonna flip it and reverse it. And there's a lot of them, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna reverse them right now. So, um, as I said, I was surprised this is going on last because th- this is not a wrestling match, and a wrestling match should main event a WrestleMania show, not this little pre-produced, you know, 
not even really a wrestling match and everything else. Plus, <laughs> AJ Styles is a TNA guy. And now I got to deal with people telling me that AJ Styles is the WrestleMania main eventer. Which, first of all, had this not been a two-night show, AJ Styles never would have been in a main event. So there's that. Second of all, no, because this wasn't a match. And the main event of WrestleMania is a match. Plus... I heard way too many Alan Jones and Mark Calloway's during the build of this match, and that's just terrible. Like, you all know how much I hate real names in pro wrestling and, and them you know, being used. You know, keep, so. keep kayfabe alive. That is an important part exactly. of the First of all, look, I, I'm, I'm a big Matt Hardy fan just as much as anything else, but anything that people can do to give more fuel to his creative fire is too much for me. Like, I don't need to hear Matt Hardy bragging anymore about his broken character, and all this did was, was all of that. AJ Styles entered in a Hearst, and I think that's really tone deaf right now in the world. I don't think we should enter anything in a Hearst right now because that's uh, that's that. Plus, this was a wrestling match, and AJ was wearing jeans. No, AJ, you got to wear your gear. Like that's just <laughs> absolutely terrible. Um, he has to wear his gear. Got to wear your to, gear. Uh, yeah. Again, <laughs> remember, I'm just reversing every single bullet point that's in my. I know, thing, no, no. I, just, I think I'm, I'm just a fourth in, in of the all way through of this them. logic. Continue. Um, I don't need uh, for, the Undertaker doesn't have so many of these left. Like literally, there's only so many matches at WrestleMania left for the Undertaker. So I need the Undertaker, not Biker Taker. Okay, now if you know me, you realize this is the most painful part of the hashtag Miranda rights because I hate. I, I need Undertaker. I don't need Biker Taker. Get off the motorcycle. Give me some druids. Give me some gravestones. Give me some smoke. I want the smoke. I want the Undertaker. Um. You can tell him by the tone of his voice, uh, everyone, how much he loved saying that. Absolutely, yeah. Well, if you know, if you're new to me, you know that I hate Biker Taker. I mean, 100%. Cannot stand Biker Hates Taker. him. Hate Hates Biker it. Taker. I think we should never, ever, 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 ever see Biker Taker again. AJ made this feud kind of personal, and he humanized Undertaker. And I hate that. Don't don't humanize Undertaker. He is the, the he's the dead man. He, he's, 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 you know impervious to pain impervious to everything i don't, I don't need to see a human undertaker i need to see a, a supernatural undertaker um look I, this was a boneyard match but it looked like a buried alive match to me like make up your mind is it a boneyard match is it a buried alive match like, pick one <laughs> and stick mind. with it i don't even understand um aj styles threw himself off the roof of the hearse at some point and i don't know why he would do that like why are you gonna why are you gonna hurt yourself like that i don't even get it why are you gonna know. hurt yourself yeah. like that because he also decided to you know call out undertaker to have this match specifically yeah exactly um there was a lot of talk about michelle mccool and i think that was really insensitive to sarah taker i mean come on like he still has the tattoo he just covered it up and, and i don't think we do that like sarah taker was the reason for undertaker versus diamond dallas page and i think we're really shortchanging sarah taker and all of this um I gotta, I gotta tell you, like this, this match was obviously put together by Jeremy Borash, and he came from TNA, and nothing good came from TNA, so uh, we, we can't do that. And then on top of everything else, not only do we physically bury AJ Styles, which I'll get to, we also buried the OC. I mean, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows and five Druids couldn't beat one Undertaker. I don't think so. And first of all, why do we have random druids, which were probably Malcolm Bivids in the Undisputed Era, underneath these hoods? Hello, there's a pandemic going on. Less people is better, but yet we have druids? No, I don't think but that. But they had their faces covered, so I mean... 
It's airborne now. They, it can they, last for three they, hours. They were. They may have actually been following all the right guidelines. They did have some distance between all of them. No, um, that was just that had, was just they, shady camera work. That would they did not. That they were was right on top that of was movie other. magic. If you don't know what you're watching. If you knew what you were watching, you'd realize they were too close together, and and that's where 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 they went wrong. Um, AJ Styles basically saved a man's life because you know the Undertaker was going to try to impale somebody, and and I think you know. At that point, you should have impaled him and then just gotten everybody arrested, so we don't have to see the rest of this match because that was <laughs> that's that, that's pretty much it. Uh, so you're saying that this should have ended by Taker getting arrested? Yes, it should have gone full WCW and arrested the Undertaker. I don't understand what the problem is. Like, I think that's where we we needed to go with all of this, and and I don't think. But couldn't have he just teleported out of jail? I mean, we saw him teleport out of out of a, a grave. I mean, oh, we ain't there yet. We we ain't there yet. Okay, um, okay. AJ Styles, you know, for somebody who got real mad about Samoa Joe invoking the name of Wendy over and over again in their feud, sure does like to bring up Michelle, doesn't he? Like, I really think this was uh, a negative character aspect of AJ Styles. I don't think that was fair to AJ Styles or Michelle or Wendy, for that matter, and I don't think they should have done that. Um, After the fence spot with The Undertaker, he sounded like he was dying, but yet he's not supposed to be, you know feel pain so i don't understand that i think that was a drop stake by wwe and something they did wrong in this match um why do we got to keep calling people a bitch like i think that's unfair to the female population that's watching the show also the female canine population that's watching the show and i don't think (laughs) that uh, i did have my female dog watch the show see Um, and i bet your female dog was offended and i she was asleep a lot of the time to Um, advocate for i I saw her peek her head up a little bit yeah it was probably happening Probably at that point. She seemed fine to me, so... Oh, no. You're just tone deaf right now towards your dog. She was not happy. You no. d- you think I'm a bad dog parent? That's that's a that's a cut, sir. How hey, dare you? How you did dare this. You? You, you did this, not me. So, you, you did this. Just want to point that out. I ain't done yet. I got I got a few more bullet points to go through. AJ Styles saying, "Let's start this thing up." Like, what else are you gonna do, AJ, with 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 the backhoe at that point? You've got to start it up because you gotta you gotta dump the, the dirt in there. Then we got spooky. Like we got we got Undertaker teleporting. Like I just again. But isn't more... that what you wanted? You just said how you know you wanted the the dead man. You you that uh, a lot of the match like he shouldn't have shown any weakness or don't or, put words in my know, mouth Miranda Morales don't that, put words in my mouth that's what you just said you literally just said it I think we're gonna have to check the tape later on that I don't think I said that whatsoever <laughs> AJ Styles begging for mercy like no again why are we we're burying AJ Styles before we bury AJ Styles like I just don't understand what what we're doing here the choke slam off the roof with with, with the creepy camera angle and everything the music that followed like that felt very Lucha Underground to me we are literally ripping off Lucha Underground with this entire production right now and I think that I think Krista Joseph and everybody at the El Rey Network has a lawsuit now that they can file against WWE because there's some intellectual pro- property that was violated in this match and they got some money coming to them look we knew going into this that the Undertaker was never going to win the, never going to lose this match and that's just terrible I don't want my night one Wrestlemania main event to be a foregone conclusion and that's exactly what this was and that's why it was bad and last thing you know everyone thinks this was very well done no it's only very well done if it's inside of a wrestling ring and this wasn't inside of a wrestling ring so this was not very well done and there you have it ladies and gentlemen Greg DeMarco takes uh, on uh, the Boneyard match you asked for it. How's that, how, how, how does that feel? 
essentially going back on everything that you wrote <laughs> in your newsletter and everything that you talked about, not only earlier, but on ChairShot Radio. I mean, I think it, it, it's, 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 people might only tune in like late and be like, wait, but you said all these other things and then I'm going to get criticized for doing a complete. Oh yeah, no, I'm only going to take this section of the show and post it and be like, listen to what Greg DeMarco said about this match. That would be fantastic. Really going to confuse people. Me included. I might listen and be like, wait, I said all those things. I don't remember. Yo, that. this is the Firefly Funhouse of, of podcasting. You know, no. you come in and reality is distorted. That might be true. Yes. From with any of those things, I mean I yes, you were primarily joking about all of those. <laughs> yes. Did that give, uh did that though give you some insight as to like why there was you know, probably some people who who didn't like it. I think especially the last thing that you said about people are expecting a traditional wrestling match. This is WrestleMania, and they got something totally different. Yeah, I, I do think that 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 did kind of play into a little bit. They told us ahead of time, though. They told us there were going to be yeah. offsite matches. They told us we were going to have a boneyard match. Um, AJ kind of hinted that it was basically going to be a buried alive match. Like I feel like we knew. I just don't feel like that mattered. And again, I just, yeah, I understand why people feel the way they feel and, and did the thing and they react the way they do, but I still think they're doing it to themselves. And I don't think at this point, I just don't think there's anything we can do to change that. Uh, going back to social media, I mean, yeah, a lot of the feedback that I got, you know, um, you know, most of it people thought was really entertaining. There was some people who thought it was funny. And I'm curious to know, I know that wasn't the full intent, but is that still a bad reaction? Um, I think WWE uh, really wanted people to to look at it as, you know, maybe something cinematic, something really unique. But there was a lot of people who laughed, who thought it was funny. Do you think that's a, a, a drawback to this match if people kind of laughed at it? I mean, I think people kind of laughed at B-level horror movies that you talked about that you compared this match to earlier. Like, people yeah. react to these things differently. I'm more happy with somebody laughing at how campy and, and over-the-top this was versus someone complaining about it, to be honest with you. Um, I, I think they needed to go cinematic. They needed to break things up. We didn't get a chance to talk about it during Chair Shot Radio, but I sent you and Patrick a YouTube video of a match that was filmed in 2015 between Davey Richards and Silas Young, and I'll post it, and maybe I'll link to it in the description for this show. And it was a wrestling match. It's only like four and a half minutes long, the video, but it was filmed like a fight scene in a movie. And I thought WWE should have gone all in on a cinematic production for this show, and I think they should have presented the matches more like fight scenes, and I honestly think it would have taken the edge off the fact there was no crowd even a little bit more. So um, I know what people wanted, and for 90% of the show, you got that. Uh, it's really cranking the numbers, like 93% of the show, but whatever. It's just, it's you got mostly what you wanted, and, and then you got something different. And this is the WrestleMania to do that. This is the WrestleMania mm -hmm. to do something different. So, yeah, I do think it comes from the fact that there was no ring, and, and, and even in the Funhouse match, the ring wasn't treated properly, whatever. But this is the opportunity to do that. And it's not even the first time they've done it. And they're not the first company to do it. So yeah. I think that people are just, you know, people just look for things to complain about. And even yeah. when something's really good. And some of the feedback that I saw online was that for fans, this was the only match that they liked on night one of WrestleMania as well, which is kind of the other extreme from being the one match 
match that maybe you didn't like to the only match that you'd like because it was so different. Um, and I can understand that because uh, they've been having wrestling matches in, in an empty arena now for several weeks. So you kind of, it's lost its, its appeal a little bit. And there was some really solid matches uh, on the card, but also like right before then you had, you know, Braun Strowman beat, Goldberg in like, I don't know, three minutes. So you didn't really have a whole lot right before then to, to keep you amped up. But I also think that's another interesting perspective of, of uh, fans who thought this was the, the best thing of night one, the only thing that they really liked. Um, on a side note of what you mentioned in that match, uh, I, I watched it and I really liked the quality of the recording and the uh, cinematic you know flavor to it. Um, and, and I think it was you who mentioned this on Chair Shot Radio, keep referencing Chair Shot Radio. We had a lot of good conversations on Chair Shot Radio as well, but, um, something that I actually think, I hope WWE starts to explore more and maybe is where they can have a match like that, um, in the future is a women's match. Um, I feel like that's going to be the next level of these types of pre-recorded or off-site matches almost is filming a, a women's match. The first person that comes to, to mind that I think would be fantastic in this is Charlotte Flair. Um, she had a, an awesome match against Rhea Ripley. And um, even just her presence um, during that match and the way that she carries herself, um, I mean, it, it really showed it carried through the entirety of the match. But adding just a little tad of, of cinematic, or cinematic flavor to it would would just, I think, be killer for her. Um, and even you mentioned the idea uh, that WWE should have explored um, doing something like that with Becky and Shayna Baszler uh, because of the fact that you brought up a good point. You know, uh, Becky, her persona it really came through and, and built up to who she is now came through by the fans. And when you don't have uh, an arena full of fans there to cheer her, her dynamic comes off a little different. I mean, she did, she was really one of the only ones who came still had kind of an elaborate entrance with that truck that easily, that truck could have easily pulled into, you know, another location and they could have had a match there. So I'm excited for it in the future, and I think the next level that they can do something great with this is a women's match. Um, and like I said, I think Charlotte would be stunning in this tone, but also um, if they want to explore maybe Shayna and Becky again, doing, you know, if you're still, there's still no people that are around, really make it a bra between them. So can I suggest, <laughs> Miranda, right? I mean, I guess I, I, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. So you should make me book Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler in alternative location match. Oh, yeah. What was that WCW match where they uh, fought in like in a moving truck? Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't want to do that because everybody got fired. No, but I mean, the King of the hey, Road match or whatever. that's where you... You, I mean, I mean, we decided last week. I mean, you're a pretty solid booker. I mean, you, I think, you booked some really, you know what really matches. funny matches. And, and this just came to mind, even though it's terrible. I th- Just because of the entrance Becky Lynch had, you could have totally done Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler in a truck stop match like that. Because here's the thing, right? Throw a pair of jeans on Shayna Baszler and, and like a wife beater. Would you not be surprised to see her at a truck stop? I wouldn't be surprised to see no, her at a truck stop. I mean, I just don't understand where the truck stop comes into play. Because the giant truck. Comes- 
Exactly. Semi. So so Becky so pulls up in a semi. a boneyard match, like, okay, you know, Undertaker's the dead man and, you know, all of that. Bray Wyatt literally lives in the funhouse. Like, I just don't understand where the truck stop comes into play. Because like, Becky's got a truck, and when you have a truck, you go to a truck stop. She's not a truck driver. She's not going around the U.S. driving her They made truck it around. seem like she drove it to the facility, so obviously she needed some snacks. She needed some gas. You know, at a truck stop, you can take a shower. There's a lot of reasons why Becky Lynch might don't, need to go to the truck stop. Can do with this. And, and I think that meeting Shayna Baszler at the truck stop, look, it could be a false count anywhere match. It's I like they. I'm gonna make you do it, but it's that WCW match where they're in the moving truck and like. That would just be painful because although it'd be fun to watch them film that because you got to have another truck driving by. There's a lot of things you could do with it. Yeah, I mean, look, Becky Lynch. I know she she had some previous experience as a stunt woman, so you know it's where she almost went. If if anyone can pull it off, it's Becky fucking Lynch. And Shayna Baszler is a former cage fighter. I mean. Put them in a cage. Put them in an octagon. Or you can't use the octagon. UFC will sue you. But put them inside no, the cage. So they're going to fight on the private island. They're going to negotiate a there deal we go. with Dana White. And uh, they're going to fight in, in the octagon on Dana White's uh, private island. Here's the problem with putting Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler in the alternative setting match. None of those matches were for championships. And their match was for a championship. And so I think that's where people would have a problem with it. But... I think that match would have been better served at a different location. I don't disagree. And with the quality of the matches that we saw uh, this weekend, this past weekend, I mean, if anything, it seemed to to help all of the wrestlers involved. Um, going into just literally my favorite match of the entire weekend, probably my, my favorite match of this year, even we're pretty early, I just look – I, I was really excited about this match coming into it. Um, I've been saying that Bray Wyatt in kind of a traditional wrestling match has kind of just hasn't hit the mark for me. Um, I was not a fan of the way Helena Cell ended. I was not a fan of the red light. I hated that he lost the uh, WWE championship uh, to uh, or the universal title uh, to uh, Bill Goldberg. Um, I just, I was a little disheartened. And so uh, when I had heard that he was going up, Bray Wyatt was going up against John Cena, you know, it piqued my interest. Um, They had done this before uh, at WrestleMania 30. uh, But the story that they've been telling with Bray Wyatt is, you know, his interactions with uh, wrestlers that he's already competed against and how that changes him. And even though... uh, that loss to, to Goldberg, I think initially had a negative impact on him. People, you know, the excitement quickly built uh, when when he challenged John Cena. And you did call it a few weeks uh, prior that WWE was going to look into doing this as a Firefly Funhouse match. Um, and what to expect, who knew? I mean, we've seen the Firefly Funhouse in, you know, just that, that front door uh, dynamic and, you know, with the puppets and all that. Uh, but you knew it was going to be something special. And I just adored this match from beginning to end. To me, it felt, oddly enough, like, and this is no way, like, what it was actually. But as a fan who's been watching, you know, since the 90s, as a kid, someone who loves professional wrestling, who loves so many aspects about it, who 
has a podcast about it on a weekly basis that goes to independent shows, all of that. This match felt like, oddly enough, a love letter to those fans who have been watching for years and know kind of all those little insider uh, aspects of the business, who know the little things. Um, and especially about John Cena. I mean, I, I really commend him for essentially doing a this is your life twisted version uh, uh, of your life in a match. I mean, that that can't be easy, but it, it really was only going to work with John. He's had, you know, one of the biggest careers uh, of all time and of the modern era. Um, but he's also been highly criticized for many, many years for one thing or another, whether it was his style, whether maybe, you know, pulling it, carrying his weight around uh, backstage, whether it was his private life, uh, whether it was, you know, turning heel or not, whatever it was. Like, there's never been a time that I know of that he wasn't really criticized for one thing or another. And they laid it all out there for the world to see. But um, I felt like I I got this match and this match got me as a fan, uh, especially because I I'm so big on storytelling. This was all just a one big long story. Um, but the depth and the detail that went into this um, and things that I didn't even catch the first time I saw it, I've seen it a few times since just to try and pick up on the little details uh, was beyond what I expected. But something that I think if anyone is going to do this, it's WWE. Um, I joke a lot and, and mention sometimes my anger with WWE is that they have every resource and tool available to them in the world. They are a billion dollar company. If anyone can do it and can do it well, it should be WWE because there's no reason why they shouldn't. And the fact that they allowed this match to, to be created the way that it was and to be filmed and rolled out the way that it was, I was shocked. I was shocked that we were seeing some of the things that we did puppet vince mcmahon saying such good shit i mean like come on like i never thought that that i thought that was just an insider joke me and greg would continue to say on a weekly basis for forever but now we have a puppet clip of that like i i was just shocked such by it. Good shit. but i adored it i adored this match for for everything that it was and everything that it took um to to put it together um and, and for me as a fan, it felt like, in an odd way, this was the match that's, that spoke to me, that I got it. Um, and you know what, though? I mean, there were people who didn't like it. So before we get into that, as far as some of the response on social media, Greg, too, you know, tell us, wh what did you think of this match? I thought it was fantastic. Like, I, it, I didn't know what to expect going into it. Like I said, I was shocked when, when John Cena made his entrance. But I just literally loved every element of the match. There were things that I didn't see coming. There were things that surprised me. There was a lot of insider stuff that you talked about. And, I'm, and here's the crazy thing about insider stuff in wrestling. Those who get it, get it and love it. Especially, like, the stuff about Nikki Bella. Like, John Cena letting that go in there. I mean, that was fantastic. Mm -hmm. The heel turn things. Talking about how Cena uses people's weaknesses against them in promos for laughs. Those who didn't get it aren't going to – it's not going to affect them. Like, they're not going to be mad that they didn't get it. They're still going to laugh and be like, oh, it's probably funny and move along. Like, that's the great thing about the casual fan. They're just in it for the spectacle of it, and this match gave them that spectacle anyway. Um, 
but yeah, this this match was a thing of beauty. I would love to know exactly who all was behind it so I could applaud them. We can kind of guess who was behind it, and and um, and I know that the performers definitely had some impact on it and some input on it. But I just, I mean, it was just a ride, like seeing the Saturday Night's main event stuff and them talking behind the steel cage blue bars. I mean, that was just like such a memory. You know, go back and watch old Saturday Night's main event shows on the network uh, and you'll see, you know, why we would set our VCRs as, as little tiny kids. Um, that's, I learned how to set a VCR as, I mean, dude, probably in like first grade just so I could record Saturday Night's main event. And I remember times where it didn't work and I would get so mad that it didn't work. So that was, you know, just, just there were so many good callbacks and throwbacks and, um, you know, even if we didn't get Puppet Vince McMahon saying such good shit, the match still would be considered such good shit. But this is such good shit. It really was like just just the perfect storm of everything they could do in this in this setting on this show. I mean, it was it was I, I, I hate using the word perfect because very few things in life are perfect and, and nobody's perfect in whatever. But damn it, this was perfect. So I talked a little bit earlier about uh, the articles that I mentioned a few weeks ago regarding, you know, uh, wrestling coming out as, as per theater and performance. Um, and there's been some argument about pro wrestling being art, too. Uh, I think that um, there's been some challenges with different fan bases arguing back and forth is wrestling art. And this is a prime example of how wrestling can be art. You know, I think that, of course, just like art in general, you know, it's it's in the eye of the beholder. Whatever is art, you know, that depends on who's viewing it. I mean, of course, we know I took an art history class in, in college. So, I mean, we went all the way from early, you know, pictures and drawings through, you know, the Renaissance period and and uh, pop art and all that, you know, all the history of art. And there's some art that's really renowned and well-known and beautiful. And there's art that people look at it and they're like, what the hell is that? Um, and that's almost what this match felt like. That as a fan, there's going to be so many different opinions of it as art because people are looking at it from very different lenses. Um, whether you're maybe a long-term fan, even a child. I mean, someone brought up a good point on, on social media about how it was a challenge for their kid to watch this. So I get the rating system. I get if you're 10 years old, you may be like, what is this? If you're a new fan and this was your first time watching, um, you know, you probably this either was awesome and stunning or you were just stunned. Like, what what is this? But there's a very selfish part of me that's like, this is not for you. Like this, this is not for you. This match was not for you. And that's OK, because you know what? You've said it before, WWE is a variety show. You know, Raw, SmackDown is a variety show. So the other three hours of that show, that's for you. This little segment of time is for, for me, for us, for these types of fans. And that also really sunk in that whole idea of this is a variety show. And when you can provide true variety and good quality uh, entertainment and, and um, stories, you really can make a lot of people happy. Maybe not please everyone, of course, but you can put together a product that appeals to a wide range of, of people. And again, if anyone can do it, it's them. Um, and this was 
such an amazing example. But I can understand for some segments going back to social media on uh, Facebook after that match uh, I posted. Um, I loved the Firefly Funhouse match and I will die on this hill, um, which is, you know, I mean, people have talked about dying on this hill when you're, you know, in battle or any type of argument um, of over a team or person, you know, this is the hill I'm going to die on. This is, you know, the argument, the idea that I'm sticking to that no one can change my mind on. And that was really my attitude kind of posting this is I get it. There was going to be people who didn't like it, but I loved this match and there was going to be nothing nobody could tell me that was going to change my mind. And overall, the consensus on social media was fairly much the same. There was a lot of people who liked it. Um, there was some interesting kind of uh, feedback and critiques about it that I think had a, a little, you know, enough merit um, in understanding why someone um, maybe not would have, wouldn't have liked it. I mean, we talked about the Boneyard match. So, I mean, it, there was actually wrestling in that, but it wasn't, you know, necessarily a match. Like there wasn't, you know, a three count or anything like that. Someone just got buried. Um, there was only probably, you know, there was no wrestling in there. You know, there was John Cena beating up what he thought was Bray Wyatt, but it ended up turning to be the pig. Um, and then there was, you know, Bray Wyatt uh or the fiend you know giving uh john cena's sister abigail the mandible claw and a three count by bray wyatt so no actual referee i get it semantics you know um so there was you know some some fans who thought there should have been more wrestling in this which i can understand um could have been a good point it could have added some some value to the you know match itself and i know we're using match in a very very vague term but um, that's something that's valid. What do you think about that? Do you think there should have been more actual wrestling in this match? I don't. Uh, and and there's of everything you said about your opinions of the match and, and the art form and everything. I agree with you except for one thing. And it's really just semantics. And I know that. But I agree except for one thing at all. Pro wrestling is not art. Sports oh. entertainment is art. And that's where I think the difference is, and that's where I think it bothers a lot of people. This was not pro wrestling. This was sports entertainment. WWE does sports entertainment. Wrestling is their backdrop for the movies they make, and, and we've talked about that before. Two weeks ago, I think, when we talked about this topic on the show. And to me, that's that's the big difference for me, is that sports entertainment is 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 art and in a lot of ways it's art and that i think is is the crux of the argument that i haven't pulled out before even probably should have that i think is when i when people don't realize what they're watching or don't know what they're watching it's because they're watching sports entertainment expecting it to be pro wrestling this would not work on you know a wrestling show so to speak but this definitely worked here now in full transparency, because I just went off on the this is pro, not pro wrestling and sports entertainment, and that's what art is. I completely forgot what question you asked me. So, you'll need to tell me if that. this match would have benefited from more wrestling. So it, I don't think so. Uh, I I don't think this would have benefited from more wrestling because then it would have been. I think it would have felt forced, and and the wrestling that did take place. Um, and I know you've kind of alluded to it, and I'm assuming you're going to get to the topic of, of you can't even really see Bray Wyatt in a wrestling match anymore. Um, I, I don't think any more wrestling was needed in this. This wasn't a wrestling match mm-hmm. at all. It had a three count. It has an official result on WWE.com with 
the Fiend, so Bray Wyatt. It goes Wyatt. down in history, yeah. It goes down in history. It's part of it WrestleMania is, history. It is Bray Wyatt avenging that WrestleMania 30 loss over John Cena. All that stuff is true. But this was not a wrestling match to me. I loved it. Don't get me wrong. When I say it wasn't a wrestling match, I'm not knocking it. I loved every second of it, and I thought it was great. But to me, this was not a wrestling match at all. This wasn't pro wrestling. I was very, very, very sports entertained by what I saw. And and I don't think it has to be a hill to die on because I don't, you know, I, I you know, brought it up during Chair Shot Radio. I am tired of giving people's misguided opinions airtime and because it's just they they again people hated this because wwe did it they loved it when tna did it they would have loved it if aew did it and then a lot of people i think i saw more hatred for the boneyard match in this match which is really mind-blowing actually um but no i think that i i don't think this match i think more wrestling would have done the exact opposite i think more wrestling would have hurt this match Mm-hmm. That's a crazy statement that I just said right there. Just take that no, statement out of con- it, but take it out of we context. Were a crazy time. Take it out of context, like though. That's... Just just take the statement. More wrestling would have hurt that match. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, and for those who are thinking I'm going to make Greg do a Hashtag Miranda right on this, I'm not because I, you know, I'm going to be a little selfish. And this is my show. Like, there's nothing wrong with this match. Uh, I respect people's opinions to have an opinion, but they're wrong, and I hate them. So, uh, the only thing wrong, the only thing wrong with this match is people's opinions on it, to be honest with you. Like, I'm sorry, people who have those opinions. No, I'm sorry, not sorry. Like, that, that, this this is this uh, match that, again, I will die on this hill. I understand people didn't like it. It's hard for me to fathom why, to be honest. Um, but everyone, everyone has an opinion, but I'm not going to let Greg desecrate this, this match ever. I, I, I will, I will not stand for such a thing. Also best supporting actor, uh, of WrestleMania 36, the SmackDown fist. I mean, come oh, on. Yeah. Did you ever think, I mean, just a perfectly set prop. I mean, just congratulations to the SmackDown fist. Biggest return, uh, yeah. really of, of this decade. I mean, really, I mean, Congratulations to the SmackDown Fist for getting that WrestleMania payday. This is such good shit. But what I love too was just the fist. It wasn't the whole state. Like you know how if you see things in your dream, you, you don't you only see them like partially sometimes. Like that's what that struck me as. It was like John Cena was dreaming his original SmackDown entrance. But because- also that's also you talk about the insider terms and and all those little tidbits. You know that's all you needed. Yeah. People who knew knew. If you know, yeah. you know. If you didn't. You weren't going to get it, and that's okay. Um, and and that's again. I mean, it was almost like this huge picture of you know find all these hidden meanings, all these Easter eggs. It was constantly Easter egg after Easter egg after Easter egg. And people are kind of programmed to look at that now. I mean, one of the biggest series that has Easter eggs are the Marvel uh, universe uh, movies. You know. Every now there's so many even just YouTube videos and articles about how there's Easter eggs of other movies and other points of time in the Marvel universe um, in these movies. And I and so we're already like kind of predispositioned to that for, uh, you know, anytime we, we see that. And I think that this was just like a huge Easter egg to wrestling fans about, you know, anything related to wrestling. So, yeah, the Smackdown Fist. Ruthless aggression. I mean, when when Bray Wyatt started that whole speech, Kurt Angle speech, uh, uh, you know, uh, when when John Cena was first introduced, I mean, my mind was automatically, is John Cena coming out as the prototype? Are we seeing the prototype? And then when he did, I just 
freaked out. And then my mind automatically went to next is we're going to see the doctor of the economics. Like we're going to see him again. The doctor is back. Oh my gosh. Cause I remember, uh, was it, (coughs) excuse me. Uh, uh, two years ago, last year, when he came out as the doctor, he's done it a few uh, times. I mean, he did it in the feud with The Rock. He did it. I yeah. want to say two years ago, maybe but with AJ. It was, yeah, it was WrestleMania two years ago. I mean, I just remember, gosh, like I don't. That was one where people actually were cheering for him. People were excited to see him. Um, so when the Doctor Thugonomics came out, I completely, uh, really just marked out. Like I, it it was uh, a big. Oh, to it. I was a little surprised, and I don't know if you caught this or if there was any big connotation to it. And some of it is probably because it's Bray Wyatt, and uh, maybe they didn't have time for it. But I, I was surprised there wasn't a little bit more of a reference to to Nexus, um, because that, I remember that being such a big controversial point of contention when he beat the entire Nexus, and I yeah. thought, well, he... that is interesting. Um, You're right, and and I don't know why. Maybe because. Uh, if you think about who would have had to be in those shots, you would have had Wade Barrett, you would have had Ryback. Maybe they don't want people to well, think I, of Daniel I Bryan actually that think, way. I mean, uh, interesting. Uh, Husky Harris is part of, you know, all he needed mm-hmm. to wear was it was an extra shirt. And I, I think that would have conveyed the message just as, you know, I don't think yeah. he needed to have all the people in the Nexus. I think he just needed to have that iconography of the logo there. But, you know, so they talked about, you know, he's selfish. He's egotistical, all of that. I mean, I think the Nexus situation was a really perfect example of that. I mean, if you're going to look the can of worms. Mm. I, 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 now when I watch it again, I'm going to be looking. Like, it wouldn't shock me if somewhere somewhere in the background is that, that yellow in, you know? Yeah, like I just, I, I, I'm curious about that. I, 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 I bet they know, snuck it the in one, somewhere. The one little thing, I'm like, huh, is it, did I miss it? If not, maybe they just didn't have the time to reference it. But because they brought up of, Husky Harris at one I'm, point, that's why too. I thought that there was going to be some yeah. some so, reference yeah, to bring it. it up, some bringing up Husky possibly. Harris, yeah, it would have it would have lent itself to that. Like they didn't completely ignore the existence of a Husky Harris. So, and and one of the greatest tweets ever is when someone asked about Husky Harris, and Bray Wyatt tweets back. Um, you know, I saved him. He just needed me as a vessel or something like that. Like, it was just very, very interesting. I mean, he literally has a pig that is essentially, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's like, every everything that Bray Wyatt has as part of his his character now is is odes to other other old things. Um, yeah. But you're right, and I didn't think about that. The the thought of the Nexus never crossed my mind, and with the attention to detail, there's got to be a reason that didn't come to someone had to bring it up and so there's got to be a reason why that didn't come to fruition i'd love to know um i i loved the uh the transition into you know wc well and and i'm going a little bit out of order but you know everyone gets the fucking point you know it's art you know you just interpret the pieces that that kind of have the most meaning to you going into that transition to wcw nitro um and uh bray wyatt doing the word for word uh speech of eric bischoff introducing you know hollywood hulk hogan and having cena come out i mean gosh like that was a deep cut like that the fact that they brought that up over something with nexus like that i think surprised me because at least the nexus was something that had been more vocally talked about 
rather than this whole idea of him never turning heel and the fans being upset. And, and I mean, I really remember like in, you know, the, those mid two thousands where people were really seriously just over John Cena and desperately wanted him to turn heel. So the way that they reference this with Hollywood, because that is such a parallel life and almost the, the archetype saying, Hey, Look at what Hulk did. He extended his career, you know, 10 years by turning heel. Don't you want the same? Don't you want people to like you? Don't you want to extend your career more? And like, it just was genius. It was beautiful. Like, and also as a fan of, you know, growing up with the Monday Night Wars, like, I just like, like it, it spoke to me. It was, it was beautiful. It was deep. It really hit on so many notes as also what we think we know as fans, how much do we really know? We only know what's on the surface level. We only know what we read on the internet or um, what we see on TV. There's so it's so much more complex. And I think that this match also did a good job. If you read far into it, is that there's always more to the story, and you can't just take what you see online or as hearsay for face value. Um, and uh, you know, I think that whole heel turn situation, you know, will be something we still don't, maybe we'll never truly know the true facts, but the, even just the acknowledgement of that was really, really special. Oh yeah. I loved it. As I talked about before, like as soon as they did that, and as soon as Cena walked out, I was like, Oh, this is all about the heel turn. So many people seem to not get that. As we talked about during chair shot radio, but I loved it so much. Uh, I was, it, it was, Jarring to see Eric Bischoff on as part of this since he was just fired, you know, late last year. But it was also brilliant. And, and it's it's a great way to use the footage they have. It's a great way to put that element. Seeing John Cena with the NWO shirt on carrying the belt, like, it, it was kind of surreal. But this whole match was surreal. And it's weird because I, I out, you know, you made the Nexus suggestion. And it's like, I can't even sit there and be like, okay, all these things were missing from this match. But it's like... When they happened, I can't imagine these things not being in this match, and, and that's mm-hmm. one of them. Like I never would have put those things together to put them in the match, and I don't think any one person put this together. This is this is the result of a group of people working together, but that was just a brilliant inclusion in the match, and really kind of allowed them to transition to the third act of the match and get to the end as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that was a really good segue because of the fact that you address the past and kind of this. Mm, meta pass as well and then you also address this past that never was um or what could have been so i thought that was beautiful instead of you know really focusing on the present or almost someone had a really good analogy uh, about it that it felt like almost like a, a christmas carol in wrestling version you have the ghost of christmas past present and future um the fact that they didn't address this future uh specifically but just almost like the the past that almost was 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 really really smart and again i mean there there really wasn't much of this anything that i could really pinpoint that i i didn't like or love or appreciate or adore like it just hit everything to me as a wrestling fan who specifically is big into storytelling that that really just made this incredible to watch that i couldn't turn away um, and just got me thinking about it for uh, a while. So um, it's it's something that we wouldn't have. Ne- I don't think we would have got if it wasn't for the current you know global situation with with COVID nineteen. Um, 
and I don't know though what it means for the future. Uh, there was a part of me after this match thinking, I don't know if I can see Bray Wyatt in a normal context again, that this was almost such a peak that next time I see him in just maybe a regular wrestling match, like how will that have the same effect? And maybe the Firefly Funhouse match can happen again. Um, as a specialty match, but also it has to be with the right people. I mean, why it worked with John Cena is because he had such a lengthy career. He's had so many twists and turns and things happen that, and, and also just a years of history with, with Bray Wyatt. I mean, also the fact that they alluded back to the, the Wyatt family and um, you know, that, that, that chair shot that, um, that, John Cena didn't take at WrestleMania 30. I mean, though that was another detail that slipped, but also this idea of a past that never was, you know, how would have history changed if you did this almost like the butterfly butterfly effect. Um, It was beautiful that they even addressed that because to be honest, I don't go into WWE programming ever to think about shit. I just don't. I know I'm not going in there for some intellectual stimulation. I'm there because I'm going to see people beat the crap out of each other. That's great. It's, you know, I know what I'm getting into. But the depths that this went into, and I imagine, I mean, how long they really had to put this together, The probably the length of time that they, they had to put this together. I mean, this could be a script in a movie world that could take months to develop, if not years, you know? And the fact that they put this together in such a short amount of time just astounds me. It really does. But going back to my kind of original point, I I am nervous that, you know, what does Bray Wyatt look like in a regular wrestling match? You know, does that happen anymore? You know, Uh, what, 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 what is, what does Bray Wyatt look like now coming out of this match? What do you think? It's interesting because I think that, and I'm so torn. Um, I really enjoyed when Bray Wyatt wrestled The Miz. I think it was at TLC. Um, and I think it was TLC. I don't remember. But it was really entertaining. It was different because he was Bray Wyatt. He wasn't mm-hmm. The Fiend. Um, I also, this match, like, I feel like we're shifting Bray Wyatt and the Fiend a little bit. You remember when we were joking around last week and I talked about, you know, Brittany Nicole freeing Bray Wyatt from the Fiend. This match really repositions the Bray Wyatt being more in control of the Fiend and and using the Fiend almost as a weapon. Kind of like Dario Cueto and Matanza Cueto in, in, in a sense. And I kind of like the idea of people getting more involved in feuding with Bray Wyatt and the fiend sort of being his weapon, and and maybe we see Bray Wyatt a little more, and the fiend a little less in terms of actual wrestling, and 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 letting you know the fiend be the one that gets revenge when Bray Wyatt loses. Like I do think there are some things they can do, and some interesting character elements they can infuse in this. I think it's better that he's not Universal Champion if they're going to do these things, um, but I do think there are some legs to it. I also think this offers. Bray Wyatt, the human, some career longevity because I don't think you need to see this on every show. And the Firefly Funhouse, I'll get there in a second, but um, I do think that it's, it's you know, he's kind of like a Roddy Piper, whereas Piper didn't wrestle on TV very much. He wrestled house shows and he had his Piper's Pit segment. That's kind of what I think Bray is. I think Bray is the kind of act that you pay to see. 
Uh, and I do think that we would probably see more of Bray Wyatt, and then they'll do the fancy little light tricks, lights go out, the fiend appears, that sort of thing. But I think if you focus on Bray Wyatt, I think it can work long term. I think it's the fiend that really can't have a whole lot of wrestling matches at this point. And that's true. I, I've been interchanging them, but in in reality, it's two very separate personalities and people, and there and that is a a big distinction that you have Bray Wyatt, the person kind of the conveyor of these messages and the fiend being almost this enforcer and Bray Wyatt, the, the individual can kind of come and go between almost these two worlds between the fun house and, and a more traditional wrestling match and a, and a ring. Whereas the fiend could really be kind of encapsulated in this fun house. And when he is released, it is, you know, almost out of desperation, almost out of this last resort. So I think you're definitely convincing me that there is a a future to it. Um, I do think it's important that WWE is careful about it and how if, you know, Bray Wyatt loses in future matches, which he will, how that still allows him to still be seen as a threat, as a menace, and how that doesn't negatively impact the Fiend. which again, is, it's a whole other entity, but it, it'll be very interesting to see almost what life is, is like. I mean, not only just post these two matches with Boneyard and the Firefly Funhouse, but just after this WrestleMania 20, I'm sorry, 20, 36, um, what, what, you know, wrestling will, will look like, you know, especially in the WWE, but I think that this is going to send some shockwaves throughout all of wrestling. Um, I do agree with you, with something you mentioned earlier about, you know, um, there are some fans out there who won't like anything that WWE does because it's WWE. Um, but I will also honestly see AEW probably doing something as far as some kind of cinematic match sometime in the future. Um, one, because, you know, it is a way to still produce some unique and quality matches without, you know, the constraints uh, of being in a wrestling ring. But you also have who a lot of people credit, you know, as, as an influence in this Matt Hardy, who's working for your company. And I can definitely see, you know, AEW putting together, not necessarily something similar, but just kind of a similar dynamic of a match and people falling for it. Um, I, I don't think that AEW would necessarily do it just because WWE has done it. I think it, it's going to be something that they decide to do. Um, and it will happen when I'm not sure, but it will happen. And that's going to have its own set of shockwaves as to how it's perceived and and what that means for the company. But it also could be a unique way that other companies um, decide to film in the future with the current restrictions with COVID-19, not being sure, you know, when you'll be able to have people in an arena or when you'll be able to have more consistency in a taping schedule. This could be a new norm for many companies. Yeah, I, I definitely think you can see some of these things again. Here's where I caution or I'm concerned. The Firefly Funhouse match. Um, here's my advice, I guess. If you can't come close to what you just did, don't do it. Like, Don't even Don't try. try, you know? Like, I think the Boneyard match is a lot easier to replicate and... and, and 
adjust enough and, and do it with a different opponent or even a rematch and and let that work but the firefly funhouse and there are a lot of talents with a lot of things like like drew mcintyre comes to mind right like like if you get footage from him outside of wwe from his original time in wwe there's a ton of stuff you could do with, with that like daniel bryan my goodness like that would be uh, an amazing firefly funhouse match insane. and and WWE has used Ring of Honor footage before, so they could definitely make that work. But it's, it's you know, when do you do it? How do you do it? How do you incorporate it? Because, again, if WrestleMania had been held in a stadium and they did these two matches, people would not be happy of having mm-hmm. paid for tickets and not seeing those guys make their entrances and do the WrestleMania thing. So I do think this was um, a, a big... A big part of this was the the environment of WrestleMania 36, and I don't think this was the original plan going in. I, I think um, I also think a Firefly Funhouse match, like say, let's just use Daniel Bryan as an example, even though they just had the feud, right? Say say Bray Wyatt had a feud with Daniel Bryan. I think the Firefly Funhouse match would be a great element of an episode of SmackDown to build to the actual match that takes place. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it can be the match like it was for for this WrestleMania. Uh, it's just my only like you're gonna be so tempted to do it again, and I'm not saying don't do it again. I'm saying don't do it again if it can't be at least as good. Yeah. And that's a tall ask because this really was is. this was this was big. Something came to mind, and and you, uh, I don't think you're gonna ask a question like this, but I, I really wanted to throw this out there. It's super risky to do a boneyard match it's super risky to do a firefly funhouse match and and companies will do something like this they'll throw something else out there and maybe it connects and maybe it doesn't there's a high failure rate for stuff like this wwe nailed them both yeah like they they did these two nailed it and they nailed them both yeah like actually nailed it not the bad cupcakes it don't look like the cupcakes are supposed to look like nailed it but yeah not actual... not what happens when i try to cook like, yes nailed it. like legit nailed it yes they and that's they deserve far more credit they're getting credit from certain people but there's a lot of people who are going to not credit them because it's wwe they hit on two things, and they very. If the, if you were looking at probabilities, there's probably a higher probability they were going to miss on both of them than they oh, were yeah. going to hit on both of them. But they hit on both of them, and it came out amazing. And it, it's it's an output to be proud of. And I think that's something that I don't want people to lose sight of. They nailed them both, and that's damn near impossible to do. And they did it. They did the impossible by pulling both these off. Yeah. And, and you're right, the, the odds of both of them being as successful and as well-received as they were was really low. Um, but they did a fantastic job with both of these matches, and it makes me very excited for the future of it. And hopefully it allows WWE to also see, you know, the ability to take creative risk can pay off. And hopefully that they, you know, I'm not even sure if they followed a formula or what they did in order to make these successful. But, you know, listen to your gut with these and and continue to provide some really creative content and also take wrestling beyond what it is. I mean, yeah, they are they are world wrestling entertainment. They are sports entertainment. Um, And I think it was bound to happen where they've always shaped what we know as pro wrestling ever since W, you know, Vince McMahon, you know, took over, uh, you know, the territories and made WWF at the time, you know, a, a national product, you know, they've really 
helped push what we know as pro wrestling in whatever decade and whatever period we live in. And this could easily usher in a new time of professional wrestling. And some of that is not by choice. It is by the circumstances that are happening around the world. So why not use this time to, you know, do something creative um, and give your fan base something that they've never seen before? Uh, I mean, many, many wrestling fans, the average wrestling fans, you know, are between their 30s and 50s. These are people who have seen it and and they haven't been able to easily capture new fans as they uh, have in previous decades. This could be it. Who knows? I am not actually really sure how this has been received by the mainstream, um, but I'm curious to see how how it comes out. Um, but overall, I think that again, these are both well done, both amazing matches, and and to me, especially the Firefly Funhouse is something that, as a fan, I will cherish for a long, long time, and I'm glad that they made the decision. I'm glad that it's out there, and um, this could easily be a new definition of, of pro wrestling. So, everyone, thank you so much for joining us in this week's Hashtag Miranda Show. Uh, one thing I did forget to mention at the beginning of the show um, is... If you are looking to get yourself a spiffy t-shirt, a nice design t-shirt, a comfortable t-shirt, you can go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot to get your very own chair shot t-shirt. There uh, are over 25 different uh, variety of of logos and styles that you can choose from um, on prowrestlingtees.com, different colors of shirts, different everything, whatever you want, you can customize your t-shirt to a T. I myself am an advocate of the soft style uh, t-shirt. So go ahead and spend a little extra on yourself and get the soft style t-shirt. But again, lots of fun logos and designs that you can choose from, including the queen of soft style t-shirt, my very own t-shirt that you can purchase uh, on prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. And a little birdie told me, actually it was Greg, uh, that there will be a sale very soon on prowrestlingtees.com later on this week where you can get 20% off. So that can help cover your tax or your shipping you know just uh edge a little bit off of that cost of the t-shirt but uh if you're looking for something stylish to wear you can go to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot also don't forget you can follow the chair shot on social media at chairshot.com or the chairshot.com uh on twitter facebook and instagram that is true yeah follow oh wait no i know what you're doing never mind thechairshot.com Always use your head. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Well, that too. But it looked like you were going to say something earlier, so I didn't. I didn't want to be rude. It is. The, I, I just found that, that April 9th, April thirteenth is the sale over at ProWrestlingTees.com. I my browser is not letting me see the code. It's spring something, but if you go there, the ad pops up and tells you. But yeah. There's a big sale. Yeah, it'll tell off. you pretty much right when you get onto the main page. So, yeah, save yourself some money and go get yourself a T-shirt. Don't forget, you can go to thechairshot.com for all your latest wrestling news, analysis, and opinions. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. 
You can also go to eWrestlingNews.com and Raja.com for a lot of the same stories that you can see on TheChairShot.com, but also uh, to follow all of the wonderful podcasts on the ChairShot Radio Network. Greg, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? You can find me on social media at ChairShotGreg. That's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can email me, Greg DeMarco with TheChairShot.com, or just go to TheChairShot.com forward slash Greg DeMarco. It's all there in one handy little place, including signing up for the newsletter. Uh, I'm promoting it like crazy now because it is blowing up. More and more people are reading it, signing up, getting responses. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. You do get to see things first, typically. I do tend to send them in on the newsletter before anywhere else. Right now, my opinion piece on that wrestling can stop now um, is only on the newsletter. I haven't published it anywhere else, so you will see some of that as well. So, yeah, that's the easiest way to do it. And it just comes right to you. It comes right to your inbox. You don't have to worry about going anywhere else. Um, so, and all of that's available over at thechairshot.com forward slash Greg DeMarco. And I'm very excited for the newsletter because now I have ammunition for future hashtag Miranda rights. I know. I noticed. I now just have a library of ammunition to use. It's going to be great. So very excited, especially since I subscribe to the, that newsletter. Uh, pretty much saving it in a folder that I will just randomly uh, pull out of nowhere to be like, so I know you wrote this article about something that you feel really passionate about, but I'm going to just make you flip 180, right? flip it and reverse it. And I uh, did and exactly that. I literally went bullet point by bullet point and reversed every single bullet point. So yeah, yeah. it worked. It worked. You can find me, Miranda Morales, on social media. I am on Facebook and Instagram at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out. Uh, Thank you to everyone who provided their feedback and insight uh, on uh, their thoughts on WrestleMania 36. It was really fun to go through your comments, to interact uh, with with, uh, all of you regarding your opinions. Um, You know, we talked about our own opinions today. Uh, I still refuse to allow anyone to tell me anything different about the Firefly Funhouse, but I completely respect that. You know, everyone has different opinions about what they saw this past weekend. Um, So feel free to follow me on social media and let me know your opinions uh, continuously about WrestleMania 36, uh, about anything happening with pro wrestling. Um, Feel free to message me or send me uh, just something postal on Facebook or send me a message on Instagram. Again, the hashtag Miranda on Facebook and Instagram uh, and Thank you, all of you, for listening. This was a bit of a lengthy show. Uh, It always is a bit, but I could not help being able to share my love of what we saw this past weekend. Um, And one of my favorite things about wrestling fandom is being part of a fan base with all of you. So everyone, stay safe, uh, and we will be back next week. Viva la raza! I got that passion of flashing long, lost more headers, fall in love with that Latin charm. One- <laughs>